I want you folks to all know that I am on Patreon. And if you enjoyed this program, give me money so I can keep recording them. That's going to be at patreon.com slash nerdforensics. Good evening, everyone. I'm Millicent Oriana. And tonight, again, I am joined by... Hello, I'm Jake Urban. Uh... And I'm also joined by... Sophia Baca, one of the hosts of Breaking Math. All right, everybody. And tonight, we are broadcasting from Jakku. Because turns out that Tatooine was too nice for us. We suck. Moving on. We are doing an episode called... Attack of the Clones. And you might be thinking that this is going to be an entire episode dedicated to Star Wars. And no, we will never do that on this show. I'm sorry. It's just I'm not an expert on Star Wars. And I know you people love your precious, precious EU. So you're not going to like me. And I'm going to call anybody who confronts me a poser because they don't know why B. Arthur poured alcohol in that guy's head. And I do. The answer, George Lucas was on drugs. But... Today, we're actually going to do an episode about clone movies. Yes, that's right. Movies and TV that marketed off the success of something else. Millicent Oriana, culture expert. While seeking to unlock the secrets of all fandoms, she is exposed to an overload of every aspect of pop culture. Now, when asked a question about a piece of popular culture, she becomes curious. Now hosting a podcast and joined by amazing guests, she seeks to find answers and find a way to live off her talents and to make a fun podcast. Don't make me ask questions, George Lucas. You wouldn't like it if I had to ask questions. So first off, we're going to start with The Postman and Waterworld. And for those of you that don't know, you know, you might have lived in or under a rock or... You might not have gotten so drunk you couldn't find your remote and your TV was stuck on TNT. Or you may have just seen the disappointing films when they came out. But if you haven't, we're going to give you some background information. The Postman was a a post-apocalyptic movie made in the 90s about Kevin Costner. And there's like some militia that he has to join and they brand him and he runs away and he finds a mail truck. And he decides to deliver people like their old like vanity fairs that are like moldy and smell probably horrible. And you got to remember, this is like 30 years after the world's completely ended. This is like a shittier world than the road warrior. And this guy just goes around delivering old vanity fairs to people and stuff. It's, it's weird. And of course, we have Waterworld, which, if you don't know, is a movie about Kevin Costner drinking his pee, fighting Dennis Hopper on jet skis, uh... Something about dirt being money and don't watch it. Just don't watch either of these movies if you value your time. Uh, he it, it, the, the biggest difference is in Waterworld, he is a freak with gills and in The Postman. He's kind of just like, if he had access to booze, he'd be a pathetic drunk, but he doesn't. So he's just a pathetic liar. That sounds about right. So what's he lie about it? Uh, he, doesn't he claim that he was actually a postman before the... He does, and he's like a Shakespearean actor before that that makes money doing, like, performances for people in this world, which I don't know how he didn't get eaten 
before that because it's like it seems when the world's that shitty, usually people eat people. That's like a reoccurring theme. This seems like a lame L.A. bro fantasy. Well, I wouldn't say L.A. bro exactly. It's just a lame Kevin Costner fantasy, like about him being a postman. Yeah, he like. It, the movie never needed to be made. <laughs> yeah. It, it serves no cultural significance. It didn't make it like any landmark special effects. It's just a boring movie that goes on for about two and a half hours. Wait, just two and a half hours? <laughs> yeah, it's long. It is long. It's as long. God, it is long. And I remember you telling me at some point, uh, Millie... That um, people are happy for some reason to see their old Vanity Fairs. Yeah, they don't like just beat him up like I would when he did that. They just like look at him and go, oh, oh, yeah, my like, I remember mail. I remember. And it's like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> my reaction would be, oh, you brought me a TV guide from 1994. Hey, you know, it's not around anymore. TV. <laughs> yeah. And then you beat Kevin Costner up for entertainment. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have fuel? That the letters can be used as fuel. He does. He burns <laughs> he does. like he half burns of them. He burns like most of the people's mail in the movie. Well, that's probably the most useful thing. If, if that sounds like a fun, like, like micro subplot of a movie that they uh, take a mail truck and burn it for mail, but burn it for fuel. But that's it. Yeah, that would have been a way cooler movie if he just, like, burned a bunch of packages and then, like, claimed to be a hero for doing it. And, and claimed that, you know, that he was just, like, well, it must have got lost in shipping or something. I don't know what happened. <laughs> that would be more realistic if he's dressed like a UPS guy. And he's just like, I don't know what happened to your packages. He's just shoving them down storm drains. Yeah, and burning them and stealing them. And, well, you know, he's, like, wearing the watch that you were waiting on. I don't know what happened to you. Okay, package. actually, this would have been a much better movie <laughs> had it been about a man who was just stealing fish from people under the guise that he was going to deliver it to other people. <laughs> it would be. And he'd be wearing a UPS uniform. And then how it, like, all catches up to him at the end. Yeah, like the UPS employees that get fired. Exactly. I should probably stop bashing on UPS, but I have had so many idiots deliver packages from that place. And I'm sure it's because they don't treat them well. Don't throw my bong at the wall next time. And if you're listening, you know who you are. Waterworld. It was a movie. Yeah, stuff happens. Like a bunch of stuff happens. And soil. Why is soil valuable? Even though the bottom of the sea, which he could reach because he has gills, is nutritious. How does the world get covered in water? Because they kill the gill people. I don't know. It might have been something about global warming. It's been a good 15 years since I've seen that movie. But basically what it is is that since nobody can see land anymore, they get nostalgia or something over it. It has no use. It is still just dirt. I mean, it'll grow grow stuff stuff in it. That's probably what they do. That's probably what they do. The point is, if you want to see a movie, a bad movie from the 90s, where a bunch of stuff happens and Dennis Hopper's the bad guy, watch Super Mario Brothers. There's more yelling. There's somehow it's better paced. It's paced like crab. And uh, Dennis Hopper looks just like Trump in it. It's pretty It's pretty fun. Also, yeah, Bob Hoskins and John Leguizamo are ish face during the entire movie, and you can kind of tell. Yeah, apparently Bob Hoskins busted his hand while John Leguizamo was driving that van drunk. 
Because they were drinking every day while they were filming that terrible movie because they hated it so much. Oh, yeah, because they had, it was a toxic environment with two people, two, uh, like, wasn't they kind of like drugged out producers who kept yelling at each other or directors? No. They married? They were the people that made Max Headroom. And for some reason, somebody decided that they were good at their job and decided to give them, like, all the control over that production. Um, imagine the Super Mario Brothers movie was your big break. Yeah. Yeah. And people now remember you for that and an annoying yelling head. I also like, like that they thought that they could take a, a directors that only make like really annoying things and be like, hey, make a movie, make it not annoying. Um, we've seen that before. Remember that guy that made all those music videos that made that Vanilla Ice movie? Oh, God, yes. <laughs> yeah, there's a movie, um, uh, Cool as Ice, and it's horrible. There's a riff tracks that makes it only a little bit more bearable, but he's one of those early 90s uh, racist movies. Yeah, it's it's pretty bad. I mean, he's obviously surrounding himself with black people the whole movie to look cool, and it makes him look racist. <laughs> All right. Now, of course they're not the same movie. I mean, you know, Tom Petty's in one of them, and Dennis Hopper's in the other. But they have similar DNA. Kevin Costner made two weird post-apocalyptic movies in the 90s that nobody else liked. I mean, that's where the similarities end, but that's a lot of similarity. Yeah, and I mean, you know, they both did kind of have a generic villain, too, and uh, not really that great of special effects. All right, so I saw Waterworld. I saw that they had that ridiculous water recycling device that ran on, like, pedal power. Uh, I saw that they... Kevin Costner drank his pee. Yeah, Kevin Costner. Well, are we drinking dinosaur pee every day? No, but we don't our cars run on dinosaur pee? Uh, well, I mean, we are drinking dinosaur pee. All the water on Earth is uh, has been recycled through a dinosaur at one point or another. I don't think all the water on no, Earth. No, somebody did the math. All water on Earth. Also, all humans have... Uh, like, like, not all humans who are alive, but all water has passed through at least one human. Interesting. Interesting. Okay, so I guess we are just drinking dinosaur pee. That and is, each other's pee. That is fun to know. Well, The water cycle continues. I guess Donald Trump does deserve at least one apology. <laughs> <laughs> drinking pee isn't as weird as we all said it was. Okay, well, yeah, so, I mean, there are those two things, which, personally, Jacob, I think, has the reason why those two movies were made. You said earlier that you think that Kevin Costner was going through. Oh, yeah. Kevin, I really feel like he was just going through some things because those two movies came out like within a year of each other, I think. And it's just a really strange decision to go with. Just be like, I'm going to make two post-apocalyptic movies at the same time. So he wrote and starred? Yeah, he he wrote and starred in two post-apocalyptic movies that were both extremely boring and didn't make any sense. I mean, well, one of them, he was a freak. Yeah. I mean, okay. That one was <laughs> slightly better too. I mean, the one where they're like, he's got girls. Like, like there was a reason to hate him other than being a pathetic liar. We also have, if any of you remember priest and legion, I know they're not the same movie, but if you watch them, the okay. If you watch Priest first, you're gonna keep. Or you're gonna, if you watch Legion first, you're gonna keep calling the main character in Priest Jeep. You're not gonna be able to help it. 
Like, they really are the same character. They are the exact same dude. So, uh, what are the movies about and stuff? Okay, so... Priest was about like vampires controlled everything or like we're at war with humans and there was like this priest who fought them and it was bad. There were a lot of cliches and it was just it was not a good movie. Pretty much every vampire cliche you can think of. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, you had Legion, which was about angels coming to Earth and killing us all. And one of them decides to like fight them and he calls himself Jeep because he saw a Jeep. Oh, yeah, that's what it was. I thought it was that just the the redneck main character was just actually named Jeep. No. Uh, it's not even a reference to Popeye? No. No. It's literally he saw a Jeep and he's like, my name's Jeep. And it's like, okay, with Samurai Jack, it was actually kind of cool the way that happened. Oh! Jack, that was some awesome show. I never peer the pump moves like that, Jack. What? Jack was a ricochet against Jumpadelic. Oh, uh, here's Zach, yeah, prodigiously acrobatastic. That was just stupid. He, like, just Kaiser so said the first car he saw. My <laughs> name is Geo Metro. I am Ford Focus. <laughs> I am Ford Focus. Oh, again, speaking of, uh, going back to the Postman, there's a guy in, the, in it whose name is Ford Lincoln Mercury. <laughs> there is. God. Isn't that Tom Petty's character? No, no, that's his friend. Uh, uh, I can't remember the actor's name or anything, but I just remember that's what his character name was. Oh, God. Because he saw a billboard. Yeah. Oh, God, I hate this. I hate this all so much. <laughs> Moving on, now we have Goldeneye and Die Another Day, which um, anybody who's familiar with the Bond movies from the 90s, Pierce Brosnan was the worst James Bond. We can all agree on that. And it's not his fault. I'll not, I won't say he's a bad actor. Those movies are bad. I, I, they're just boring for the most part. Yeah, I mean, the coolest thing about one of them is that it's totally Steve Jobs trying to, like, destroy Silicon Valley to turn France into the tech capital or something like that. And, uh, I mean, otherwise, yeah, moving back to the movies we were talking about so we don't just keep going off like that. It's um, super quick, guys. Is, is, you're talking about a gold, uh, GoldenEye and um, whatever. Those are clones also? Die Another Day, yeah. They're both Bond movies. And they came out during the same era. They were like literally both Pierce Brosnan movies. Goldeneye was the first Pierce Brosnan movie and Die Another Day was the last. And they're almost the same movie. Oh, I see. Like, it just like the same stuff happens. Same, uh, like, uh, driving forces. Um, it's okay. It's whoever we were scared of at that point, which in 1993, the, the Cold War had just ended. So we were like nervous about Russian terrorists. And... In 2004 or whatever, we were freaked out about North Korea. So we were like totally like, you know, North Korea. But they're the same thing. They both deal with a laser space weapon. And I mean, they're really the same damn movie. Uh, I mean, we did get a pretty cool game out of Goldeneye. And uh, Die Another Day. It was not Nightfire wasn't as good as Goldeneye. But, but, you know, at least we did get a pretty cool game, and we were talking about it earlier, and GoldenEye is a better, like, in the technical aspects of a movie, it's better, but Die Another Day is more entertaining. Yeah, it's kind of a strange thing going with it, because Die Another Day is the superior movie, but GoldenEye is the better movie. 
like it's more like more story and like uh goldeneye is better written goldeneye has better pacing goldeneye has uh better cinematography but somehow die another day manages to be more entertaining yeah like the action sequences are just better they, yeah they're just Halle, better Halle Berry's better than whoever they had in uh goldeneye uh I mean, the Korean guy with all the diamonds wedged in his face is pretty menacing. Yeah, it's just somehow a better movie. Style points? Yeah, pretty mm, much. It, it nails it on the style points. Yeah, it's so it has so many more style points. It way outdoes the other because of it. But the other one is technically a better movie. And yeah, so, I mean, that's basically it. Pierce Brosnan hamming it up. Oh, and he drives... Doesn't he drive, like, BMWs in those movies, too, instead of Aston Martins? I believe so, but I'd have to look that yeah. up. Ugh, that's weird. We also, of course, have Ants and a Bug's Life, which... Those two movies are ridiculously similar. They really are pretty much the same movie. Yeah, except for, like, well, I mean, they're, bo they're both basically um, anti-capitalist movies from the perspective of bugs. Ants, in particular. Yeah. Ants is almost like trying to become the Communist Manifesto by the end. Yeah. So, uh, what's a quick overview of those two movies? Okay. Well, yeah, I was going to get into that. Don't oh, worry. Right. I was going to get into it. <laughs> uh, basically, what we have is we have A Bug's Life, which is about an ant. I cannot remember his name. It's like Flick or something like that. And, uh, yeah, Flick, I think. He basically, he, I want to say he gets kicked out of his colony for like screwing up. And there's these grasshoppers that basically they are like brutalizing the ants. It's a, you know, it's a spin on that grasshopper in the ant story. And the grasshoppers are basically like, you know, if you've ever worked at a restaurant, they're that dude that's just sitting there jerking off in an office all day that yells at you. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's who the grasshoppers are. And uh, the ants are, you know, the, the people that wait your tables and bus them and cook and do your dishes and stuff. And again, Flick gets kicked out. Flick goes, finds another bunch of other bugs and eventually comes back and fights the grasshoppers. And he's aided by a bunch of other bugs and they beat the grasshoppers and the grasshoppers starve to death. Just remember that everybody. And ants is basically like about an ant who's trying to get to the top of the corporate ladder in his society, but he can't because he's an ant. <laughs> yeah, he's just the worker ant. He's like, he is not ant. meant to be anything more than what he is. Yeah, he's not a soldier. He's not, like, and he's trying to move, like, up in his society. And it kind of, you know, it's kind of about, like, the futility of trying to climb a corporate ladder. Yeah, it doesn't, like, there's a big dis explosion or something. I don't remember that movie. Yeah, I don't remember it too too well. I'd I think it's it a rainstorm. Uh, that's that's a bug's life. Oh, that is a bug's yeah, life. A bug's okay, life. maybe there's a rainstorm in ants too. I think it's like a giant ball of ants that like rolls down, or like cockroaches. Wait, aren't there? Who's the bad guys in ants? Uh, I think it's another colony of ants that are just like prissy. Yeah, I remember being bored in the theater as a kid because I'm like, it's the same movie that I saw a few weeks ago. <laughs> yeah, and that was kind of the problem. I mean, it happens with some movies. I mean, I think it was a few weeks. That came out first, right? A Bug's Life. Uh, I believe so. I believe A Bug's Life came out a few months before Ants or a year before Ants. 
I mean, there was a large period in the 90s where studios were just like, hey, it's an animated kids movie. Who really cares? Who cares if it's the same thing as this one? I mean, The Thief and the Cobbler and Aladdin share DNA. I mean, they were... That movie is literally the product of people stealing from one another for years. It's kind of horrifying. And that's why the villain in The Thief and the Cobbler and the genie in Aladdin look so similar. But there's other people who have done way better episodes of stuff about that, so we're not going to do that. We also, of course, have The Asylum. And any of you that are familiar with The Asylum know that this is a studio that exists to confuse people in foreign markets where translating might not work the right way. Uh, they brought us the classic movies of Metal Man, Atlantic Rim, Alien vs. Hunter, and Transmorphers. Yeah. Oh, yeah. God. And, uh, I mean, I remember watching the Transmorphers with Jacob, and the villain at the end turns into a building. And, I mean, the only thing, like, Jacob was quoting big, and it was the most apt statement I've ever heard. What'd you say? A building? He, he just turns into a building? D turn him into a giant bug or something. That doesn't make a fun toy at all. A building? <laughs> The robot turned into a building. Like, Tom Hanks lectured a bunch of people in Big about how dumb of an idea that was. What? What don't you get, Judge? Well, there's a million robots that turn into something. And this is a building that turned into a robot. What's fun about playing with a building? That's not any fun. This is a skyscraper. Well, couldn't it be, like, a, a, a robot that turns into into something, like a, like a bug or something? A bug? Yeah. Like a big prehistoric insect with maybe like giant claws that could pick up a car and, and crush it like that. And they still did it. They still did it in this movie. God. Yeah. And that's about as much credence as we're going to give them because, you know, they, they seem to be making a decent amount of money for themselves and, and I need to advertise for them. Didn't they start off making porn and low-budget horror movies? Yes. Okay, just making sure. Yes. Um, I think porn. I don't know about that, but maybe. Then, of course, we have, uh, we have Battlestar Galactica, which you're, you know, you probably all know that Battlestar Galactica was created with the sole purpose of, mar of making money off Star Wars. I mean, it was trying to be a Star Wars TV show. That was what it was desperately trying to do. Yeah, because I know, I know Star, I pretty much everyone knows Star Wars, but, um, Battlestar Galactica, like, uh, what, what elements does it share with Star Wars? Is it just like a bunch of, like a Federation? Or, it's a, or? well, that, that's Star Trek with the Federation, but. Uh, <laughs> oh, I meant like, what, whatever unit of organization they have in. Uh, Empire. Uh, Empire. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So basically, Battlestar Galactica was about a war between humanity and a race known as the Cylons that were like these, like, killer androids. Mm -hmm. um, but, I mean, the special effects, the visuals, the. Everything, the way they dress. I mean, I believe Lauren Green dressed pretty damn similar to Lando Calrissian. Also, the Cylons do look pretty similar to Stormtroopers. They do. They look actually really similar to Stormtroopers. And it it was made with the sole purpose of marketing off of the Star Wars craze. And, I mean, there was definitely some, like, Star Trek influences in there mm -hmm. as well. But they were basically, yeah, just trying to market off of space sci-fi oh speaking of star trek some of you folks might not know this gene roddenberry actually tried to sell star trek to abc 
before he tried to sell it to CBS. And they told him that no one would ever watch a space show. It was a bad idea to just do something else. And then a few months later, he saw that Lost in Space was premiering. I'm sure they stole his idea. <laughs> Where they go through space. Uh, because it, they said nobody wanted to watch a space show, right? Yeah, and Lost in Space is about... Okay, so Lost in Space is about this kid, this, uh, this robot, the kid's sister... The space captain who's constantly like trying to have sex with the guy's teenage sister. Um, the weird cap or the weird scientist guy who like tried to kill them. That's with them for fucking some reason. And the mom and the dad who are the worst parents in the world because they leave their son with the guy who tried to kill them and their daughter with the creep that's trying to have sex with her. Now, I never really lo watched Lost in Space, but doesn't he try to kill them, like, repeatedly? Yes. Okay, yes. so, yeah, it just seems like a really bad idea to leave this your kid with this guy. And I haven't seen the Netflix show, but there's also a really bad movie with Gary Oldman as that as Dr. Smith. Yeah, it has Matt LeBlanc in it. Yeah, and he's yeah. supposed to be the cool guy. And, who, and, the, the, and the, the dad is, uh... It's that guy from... Oh, I don't remember... It's yeah, whatever. The movie's bad, and uh, yeah, it has Matt LeBlanc in it. It also strikes me that there's four other people who don't want the murderer there. Seems pretty obvious what to do. Well, they're lost in space. They're lost in space. Well, they probably need a doctor. Yeah, they needed a scientist. That well, doesn't mean they him. That's why I'm marrying you. That was exactly what I was thinking. Is that we should just hobble the bastard if we needed a doctor that bad. And I don't, I don't support hobbling people. If they try to kill you, though, and you need a doctor that bad, hobble their ass so they don't get away. Because, I mean, I'm not a big fan of The Office, but the best joke in that show was that doctor that killed the Yakuza boss. My big secret. I killed Yakuza boss on purpose. I could search him. So best. So, um, don't, don't let your doctor get away after he murders you. <laughs> We also, of course, and here's something I, I found fascinating, and I hope one day archaeologists find something from the 90s, and they wonder why we were obsessed with this stupid dinosaur movie, and it's the Flintstones that they're watching. They think it's Jurassic Park, but they're actually watching the Flintstones movie that came out. We're back. The Flintstones and Jurassic Park all came out within a year of each other. And what's we're back? We're back a dinosaur story. All right. I know you've heard me rant about Don Bluth and how, like, he could have been, like, a good, like, director and stuff. But, you know, other than the secret of Nim, he just kind of didn't really do much. He did that, that Robin Hood that made me feel weird as a kid. But <laughs> Yes, everyone knows that Robin Hood. Yeah, that Robin Hood. Well, uh, yeah. Don Bluth, though, he made a movie about a bunch of dinosaurs. And again, John Goodman in another bad dinosaur movie. <laughs> he played Fred Flintstone for anybody that doesn't know. Um, basically, he's this talking dinosaur. Uh, you have the girl who does the voice for Lisa and The Simpsons doing the voice for the girl in the movie, and it really distracts you. Because it is just Lisa Simpson. Yeah, she sounds just like Lisa. Oh, yeah. She doesn't really make a voice for her. No. 
No, you're not going to bring your A game to this movie. <laughs> yeah, you would not bring your A game to this oh, movie. Oh, then for Lisa, but yeah, I agree. It has uh, Walter Cronkite in it as like the friendly scientist. Um, it has, uh, God, who is it? Uh, Martin Short like plays this clown in it. And uh, like he has a bunch of really bad jokes. Oh, and then Jay Leno plays this freaking alien. And like you pray that the dinosaurs will eat him. You pray that they'll eat this thing because then Jay Leno will stop talking. But yeah, it's just painful. Oh, then there's also the Flintstones movie, which speaking of Halle Berry yet again, it was, I believe, her first movie. That's not a great way to, to premiere from what I've heard about the Flintstones. Yeah, the Flintstones movie. Um, Halle Berry plays like the sexy secretary in it. And okay, I'm going to I'm going to be real. She's the best thing about that movie. Uh, you're going to watch Kyle MacLachlan destroy his career for a little while. Like he temporarily destroyed his career in because of that movie. Who played Barney? Rick Moranis. That's what I was thinking. I just <laughs> couldn't remember. Yeah, it's an insane. Oh, Rosie O'Donnell plays Betty. Which know. is really weird. Who cast this? A Rolodex? I don't know. And I can't remember who played Wilma. Like, I... I wish I could. And uh, Elizabeth Perkins, huh? Well, yeah, Elizabeth Perkins. So basically, the producer had like the last good stash of cocaine from the 80s and just started casting this movie is what I'm thinking. Or he blackmailed them all. Or he blackmailed them all. I mean, that would make sense. This movie has... I mean, okay, Steven Spielberg was a producer, and I'm thinking he was either bribed or blackmailed into making, like, attaching his name to this. Even if you blackmailed all those actors, why would you blackmail those actors? Like, Rick Moranis has Barney? Like, maybe as the boss, but... Nah, well, yeah, actually, that would have been Yeah, that would have worked a lot better. No, Kyle MacLachlan was the boss, though, and we all just cried you remember you remember ray wise in um uh 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 uh, uh, twin peaks he's like crying over his dead daughter dance with him it is serious dance with him yeah that's what you do when you watch the detective from twin peaks tanking his career for like 10 years with the single role and yet somehow this movie got a sequel it did get a sequel but more importantly colin mclaughlin bounced back that is the the mayor of portlandia yes it is the most important part he was the mayor of portlandia and of course he was also mr hyde in agents of shield season two which Oh, that was literally like one of the high points of that show. That and Ghost Rider were the two best things that ever happened to that show. Also, of course, with our clone movies, our fabled, fabled, fabled clone movies, get to talk about Problem Child and Home Alone. And for anybody that's unfamiliar, Home Alone is, of course, a movie about, you know, a kid fighting burglars on Christmas by, like, you know, doing things that would kill a normal human being. Because his parents abandoned him. Well, they didn't abandon him. They just forgot he existed and left him. Yeah, and then didn't go back for him. It's 
it's it, 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 it's kind of uh, it's the, criminal. What yeah. they did is criminal. Is, it is. Would it even? Would it be considered abandonment? Yeah, it would. It would be considered abandonment, neglect, a bunch of other stuff by today's standards. Because like they didn't. I mean, you know, the, let's face it. The family's fucking loaded. Like they are rich. Because they have, like, nine kids. They all have their own separate rooms. The house has, like, three stories. Um, yeah, they had, like, a massive Plus house. a basement. In New York. No, they think And, yeah, it. it's in, uh, or, like, upstate New York. Yeah, it's, like, in upstate New York. Like, the family's loaded. <laughs> yeah, they're loaded. So. Because I know upstate New York's pretty rural, but, like. Still, to have that many houses, etc. So, there would have been food left in the house for him, but it's not like they left him food. It's just the crap they didn't get around to eating. Yeah, they just, like, forgot about him. They were just like, yeah, everybody's ready, and, like, it's like, yeah, everybody's ready. I like how he didn't have an, any list of emergency people to call. Like, he's left, he, like... There must be times where he's left alone at, uh, at home while the parents are doing something or another. There should be a list of emergency numbers. No, he had like a bunch of relatives that lived there too. Like it was a weird, I think they were a cult or something. And how I think about it, because like his entire family lived in that giant house. Like it, it's like pretty much a mansion. Yeah, like, now I think about it, I think they were, like, a cult or something, because they, like, all lived... I mean, it sounds like a cult. They had a bunch of kids, there's, like, a bunch of people that are related all living together under one roof, and... Everyone seems to be, like, really, like, catty at each other. Yeah. Like, 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 like a a buzz or butch or whatever. Buzz, Buzz. yeah. Also, the fact that, like, children, you know, suffer from extreme neglect in this family, that screams cult to me. I mean, possibly. And then, you know, there's the whole issue of Marv and Harry because, uh, again, this family's obviously loaded, but what are they stealing from the other houses? It's like candlesticks and silverware and just like these cheap things. And my theory is, is that they were trying to get caught or they wanted somebody to kill them in a home um. invasion. <laughs> Obviously, Jacob, I don't think you've ever had a, a, a base habit. Okay, yeah, that that is also the other uh, option, is that they were just a hardcore drug addicts. Also, I will say candlesticks uh, made of silver and uh, like like those like fancy uh, like uh, cutlery and stuff. I know I know that like you could hold like a bag of like a th- like two thousand dollars worth of like those fancy forks and spoons made of silver. Uh, because of both of what they're made of and, like, you know, the brand. Yeah. It, it, but they weren't even, like, really going after jewels or even cash. Yeah, they were. Were they? Yeah, they were going after jewels and cash and stuff, too. Because I remember in the second one when he's stealing cash out of the uh, Salvation yeah. Well, Army. Yeah, that's because they just got out of jail. Yeah, yeah that was because they had just gotten out of jail. And, like, yeah, there's a sequel that just is the same exact thing. But uh, he, like, gets, like, lost, and it's, like, okay, that one's less abusive on their part because they're, like, super worried about him the whole time and stuff. It's not like they just, like, left him. Yeah. Yeah. It's just he got, like, mixed up in the airport. Um, Yeah. We also have Problem Child in this, like, and they came out the exact same damn year, and they're both about, like... Some kid who deals with, like, a criminal and stuff. But this one is about, like, John Ritter adopting this kid who's, like, a little bastard that, like, you know, he could have just tied to something heavy and, like, (laughs) either left him in, like, a basement 
and like came down to feed him when he like behaved or he could have like you know thrown him in a lake with that heavy thing tied to him either way it would have worked yeah doesn't he isn't he like a sociopath something like that i mean that kid's like a monster in that movie i remember he like destroys a bunch of kids presents and stuff but it's supposed to be like charming he's just you know a kid that never had love and the point is it's a bad movie and he's like he like becomes pen pals with a criminal on the uh like you know through the mail and stuff and it's like this dude who's like a serial killer and and eventually he like breaks out and they like become like he like winds up like trying to kidnap him and stuff and it's just one of those things where it's like Okay, th- th- this kid, somebody should have told him, dude, this guy is going to get out of jail and he's going to rape you. That's what he wants to do. Because <laughs> that's what I think he was kidnapping him for. Because, I mean, the movie is just like... <sighs> the point is just... <laughs> if you're torn between watching either of these movies, just go with Home Alone. Go with Home Alone. It's Home actually fine. It's actually a movie as opposed to just like... Okay, imagine you like watch somebody have a miscarriage... Like and they videotaped that and they showed that to you when you came over to their house, and that's problem child. That's problem child. <laughs> um, personally, I think those both uh, were created to cash in on the Bart Simpson mania that had just swept the nation. I mean, that's the whole reason the Simpsons took the world by storm the way it did was it was a mania around Bart Simpson. But then, yeah, of course, we also have Dennis the Menace. Those of you that don't know about Dennis the Menace the movie, um. I personally, I haven't seen it in forever, so it's one of those things that I'm just going to have to go off of impressions of. Um, I could sit here and rant and rave about how the guy that created the Dennis the Menace comics was a monster who basically abused a kid, and the kid went crazy in Vietnam, and we'll, we'll tell that tragic story some other time. Um, instead, I'm going to talk about this movie, which, from what I remember, it's not the best movie in the world. But Walter Matthau and uh, Christopher Lloyd are actually great in those mo- in that movie. They're like both great. Christopher Lloyd plays the criminal that kidnaps Dennis the Menace, and uh, Walter Matthau plays uh, Mr. Wilson. And from what I remember, they are both incredible in that movie. Interesting. Yeah, we'll have to do a whole episode about people that act their ways out of holes. We also have This is the End and The World's End, which... Okay, I definitely feel bad about this. I need to finish the three flavors of Cornetto trilogy. I have not seen The World's End. Uh, I have. How is it? It's pretty good. It's not as strong as Hot Fuzz or Shaun of the Dead, but it it's still definitely worth a watch. It's interesting because, you know, in Shaun of the Dead... Uh, Nick Frost plays the loser where Simon Pegg is trying to get his shit together and they reverse it. So Nick Frost is the guy who has his life together and Simon Pegg is the loser. Hmm. That's fun. We need, uh, I haven't seen, uh, I didn't know there was a trilogy. We have to watch it. Yeah. It's the, it's the sequel to hot fuzz. It's, um, cause yeah, Sean and dad, hot fuzz and the world's end are a trilogy called the three flavors of Cornetto yeah. or the C- Cornetto trilogy. Now, granted, none of the movies have anything to do with each other other than the fact that there, there's a Cornetto in it and they have the same cast. Yeah. And they have the same cast, but yeah, the thing is I have seen, this is the end. Um, I'm not going to talk about it much. Danny McBride's really funny in it. Uh, um, Channing Tatum, Channing Tatum has a great yeah. cameo. I was trying to remember that sexy actor that became great when he started doing comedy. 
Uh, yeah, yeah, Channing Tatum's great in it. But we're not going to talk about it much because, I mean, that creep James Franco is just, you know, that's a whole other can of worms we'll go into later. And, of course, there's Independence Day and Mars Attacks. And you may be interested to know, Mars Attacks was panned by critics when it came out because they thought it was a parody. They thought it was a parody of Independence Day. No, it's just an entertaining alien movie. You know, the throwback to the 1950s B-movies. Yeah, it was like, it was like Tim Burton had like this, like, last of his creativity gushing out of him. And he used that to shape Mars Attacks, Ed Wood, and Sleepy Hollow. And then he just lost it. I mean, Tim Burton used to be cool. I remember that time. I mean, you know, there's definitely a lot of people who still think Tim Burton's cool, but, you know, that's their opinion. Let's be real. Sweeney Todd, the only thing that's, like, amazing about that is Sasha Baron Cohen's cameo. And otherwise, I mean, last good Tim Burton movie was Sleepy Hollow. I mean, I I enjoy Sleepy Hollow quite thoroughly. Yeah, it's good. Sleepy Hollow is great, but it's the last good Tim Burton movie. Sweeney Todd's a good movie to watch during your goth phase. Mm -hmm. It absolutely is. But Mars Attacks, one of my favorite movies of all time. Independence Day? Okay. There is one scene in that entire movie that is really amazing. It's like one of the greatest scenes in the history of cinema. And it's when that alien's choking the guy that played Data. And they're like, what do you want from us? And it's like, to die. What is it you want us to do? Die. That was a great scene. But otherwise, yeah, Mars Attacks, I definitely would say, is the stronger of the two movies. Yeah, you know... I was there when Independence Day came out, and my family loved it. They'd watch it all the time, but I just could never get into it. Like, it's cool watching the buildings blow up, but that's, like, it. And, you know, Will Smith, you know, he's doing what he does, so... He's, he's you know, he's... He's, he's definitely watchable in that movie, yeah. but... God damn it, if I have to see, um... Randy Quaid. <laughs> not just Randy Quaid, but, uh... <laughs> What's his face from Jurassic Park? Uh, oh, uh, 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 Jeff Goldblum. Yeah, if I have to see Jeff Goldblum just play another nerdy, spastic guy again, God, I know he made his career off of Jurassic Park with that, but come on, man. Do, do another character, please, for me. You were so good as other things. He really is. He's great in everything. I mean, I like to think about him in that King of the Hill where he scams Peggy. <laughs> he's the doctor and he's like you know you could lose up to up to 20 pounds and she's like you said i was a genius <laughs> yeah but uh i mean that's the thing jeff goldblum in that movie yeah it's kind of sad i like that the solution is to fly a redneck into the tractor beam well yeah of course <laughs> that's how you'd always destroy aliens yeah that was how they destroyed him is just by flying a redneck into the tractor beam
you know, they, they send it out to the, the the entire world that the way you defeat him is to sacrifice one idiot. Yeah, you find you find your country's equivalent of Randy Quaid. You shoot their ass into the UFO. <laughs> <laughs> the worst example of a person you could find that'd be cool the russians might you know they'd have oh my god they'd have so many choices with steven seagal and axel rose living there and fred durst <laughs> and putin oh they'd have so many choices of who they shot into the ufo now to, to basically sum it all up the reason for the rant why well a lot of things caused this i mean with This is the End and The World's End, they both actually came out uh, before 2012. There was also another great movie around that time called Seeking a Friend at the End of the World. Um, it might not be as good as I remember it being. I was pretty depressed when I saw it. But uh, it was a mania going around because everybody was you know, kind of spooked about the Mayan calendar. It was a big social year, too. Um, like, I, I feel like that added to this weird social spook. Yeah, it definitely did. And... Of course, we also have, you know, the Postman in the Water World. It was probably Kevin Costner being depressed. That's what it sounds like. It sounds like he was really depressed. Um, Priest and Legion. Okay, that's just one of those things where they like just look like so similar and the movies are so similar. It's like that. It's like Clash of the Titans and that Egypt movie with Rami Malik. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Gods and Monsters or whatever. Yeah, uh, no, yeah. that is what it was called, Gods and Monsters. Yeah, like, and then you just reminded me of, you know, the whole, the movie 2012 and then Knowing. Oh, my God, I forgot about Knowing. Knowing was so good where that lady's all screaming and Nicolas Cage is in it. And, uh, uh, such a bad movie. I thought M. Night Shyamalan made Knowing the whole time I was watching <laughs> it. I thought it was an M. Night Shyamalan movie, and I was shocked it wasn't. Uh, but there's a lot of reasons it happens. A lot of the time, it's a social trend. Yep. There's some sort of mania going around, like uh, Contact actually came out around the same time as Mars Attacks and Independence Day. There was just kind of like this little... Oh, and Species. What year is that? Uh, 94, 95, 96. That, that whole Somewhere area, in there. That whole like area. Um, and it was basically just... Oh, in 97, just kind of that little general area. There was like a mania about aliens at that point. It was kind of fascinating because everybody was making alien movies at that point. And then a few short years later, you had Armageddon and Deep Impact. You had Armageddon and Deep Impact, which for those of you that don't know, Armageddon is the one where they send a bunch of drillers to land a spaceship on an asteroid and drill into it rather than teach astronauts to drill. And the reason is... Shut up. Yeah, no, it's go up <laughs> yourself, Ben. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's what Michael Bay said to Ben Affleck when he asked him about that. It also strikes me, I mean, not to hypothesize too much about the alien thing, but um, we all know how prevalent controversy, I mean, um, uh, conspiracy theories are online. That was kind of when people started going online. There might be some weird aspect of that. There's probably a connection. There probably is that that was around the time the internet first became like a thing. I mean, oh God, you also had all those terrible virtual reality movies come out in the early 90s. Like that one where Denzel Washington's hunting Russell Crowe and he's like a serial killer in cyberspace. Oh God. Uh, the one where uh, Keanu Reeves and Ice-T are terrorists that listen to a talking dolphin. Johnny Monomic? <laughs> yeah. Okay, yeah. Oh, if you've never seen that movie, you need to treat yourself. Uh, yeah, Dolph Lundgren kills Henry Rollins, which I would, I would, if every movie had that happen in it, 
I think we would all love movies more. Which also, I believe uh, Dolph Lundgren's dressed like Jesus the entire time. And yes, I think he, he even calls himself Jesus. Yeah. But he's an assassin. It, it is oh. pure 90s insanity. Yeah, it's pure 90s cyberpunk insanity with a dolphin that leads Ice-T in his terrorist group. God. Yeah. And did you mention something about Simpsons Mania? Uh, yeah, Bart Simpson Mania was actually, in my opinion, Home Alone, Problem Child, and Dennis the Menace. I mean, Home Alone and Problem Child both came out in 1990. I know that The Simpsons came out like as a TV show in late 1989, but you also had the Tracy Allman shorts. And it's like, maybe that had something to do with it. Maybe it was just the idea of like people not being allowed to hit their kids anymore that made them all crazy. They were like, we don't hit our kids. They're going to turn into these. Yeah, because that really did happen in the early 90s, didn't yeah. it? Because like, I know people just like uh, like two or three or four years older than me who like got smacked, like, you know, like got smacked all the time. And not just that, but just like other weird trends. I, there, there's, I'm sure a whole thing could be done on that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Sometimes we should. I mean, that's the thing. You get these weird trends. Uh Flintstones, We're Back in Jurassic Park, I am convinced all came out because of Jurassic Park. I'm convinced that there was a mania around dinosaurs because the most successful book of that era was Jurassic Park. And everybody knew it was getting made into a movie with Steven Spielberg at the helm. Which, you know, at the time, Steven Spielberg was seen as a cinematic god. Yeah, he was like, he was like Akira Kurosawa, but for the United States. He could do no wrong kind of thing. He hadn't done any wrong yet. That's what, yeah. Yeah, yeah I was going to say, this was like before Warhorse and like, uh, uh, God, what was that really bad one he made in the late 90s? Um, I don't remember. But uh, yeah, the, oh, AI. That's right, AI, which, what's weird is the stuff that Stanley Kubrick wrote that he kept in is what's bad, and the stuff that he wrote would have actually made the movie a lot better a lot of the time. Yeah, it, it, it's just two different styles that didn't mesh. Yeah, it's crazy. It's like, so the whole movie, it was started by Kubrick and Spielberg took it over. And they basically, we're going to definitely have to do an episode about this. Cause like they both were just trying to imitate one another the whole time. Interesting. It was, it was weird. Um, I mean, and that's the thing. So we have that. We also have success. People do clone success. Ants in a bug's life. I guarantee ants was bilking that it was literally seeing the successful bugs life and said hey we want to do that too didn't movies like animated movies take a really long in production back then like the 3d ones they did they took quite a bit of time you can also t tell that ants took less time to make than a bug's life though uh yeah like quite a bit it's just not as sharp in the visuals bugs life is pretty like all pigs are pretty Mm -hmm. But yeah, pretty much in conclusion, it's usually social trends that cause these things, cause these clone movies to come out. And you have these manias, uh, zombie mania. I'm sure all of my listeners are old enough to remember zombie mania. 28 days later, kicked that whole thing off. The Walking Dead comic came out around that time. That uh, Zack Snyder, Dawn of the Dead, that was only decent because it was written by James Gunn. All of those came out at around the same time, and it did lead to zombie mania. I mean, I liked zombies, so I I fell into that trap. Um, you know, you as even, did I. You you even had Marvel zombies in that time, which Marvel zombies is great. Oh, so great! I mean, anybody who's a fan of What If that hasn't picked up that comic, read them. They have a nice little tie-in with uh, the Evil Dead at one point, and it's uh, yep, it, yeah. it's definitely worth it. It's definitely worth picking up. Um. 
And that's the, that's the main thing is we have these kind of manias. I'd say right now, oh, it's been COVID. So there's, oh my God. there's nothing really coming out. Like I mean, we're still... Of, you know, it's been Marvel mania for the last few years. It's been Marvel mania for the Everybody's last few years. Everybody's trying to copy Marvel movies. Oh, and that's the thing. I think, though, if COVID hadn't happened, I think we might have had a different mania. Like, Maybe. I think we were about to see the beginning of John Wick mania. Yeah. Before COVID happened. Which, you know, I am definitely down for action movies stepping up their game. If I got a John Wick every year, I'd be a very happy person. I still haven't seen one with Bob Odenkirk that apparently takes place in the same universe. I didn't know it took place in the same universe. I didn't see that one either yet. Yeah, yeah, it's a spinoff. Interesting. Yeah. So, yeah, we'll have to check that out. Oh, I do know that they are doing a... Mel Gibson is doing a movie that takes place in the John Wick universe. And it's like... 10 years before the John Wick movies. So I'm kind of interested in how that's going to play out. I I just want to see it if Mel Gibson calls somebody sugar tits <laughs> and like says something that is absolutely super reprehensible. I mean, he's been trying to get his career back after that whole incident. Oh, I know. And but alcohol makes him racist, and he's... Yes. <laughs> and Jesus made him crazy. Or alcohol made him... Or, sorry, or racism made him an alcoholic, or... I don't know how it works. I'm pretty sure that Mel Gibson was always an alcoholic racist. I think they actually were, like, you know... But he blames one for the other. I don't remember which one it is, but he blames uh, them for one another. Yeah, I mean, again, I'm just... I'm very curious to see how it's going to play out. Speaking of Mel Gibson, just to let my viewers know, we might even do a whole episode about how Mel Gibson's dad was part of a secret society that sought to overthrow the Pope after Vatican II. Crazy. Okay, I, don't, I don't know anything about this, so I'm very interested, and we should do an episode on that. We absolutely will. Tolkien was also one of these dudes. Okay, now you've definitely made me more interested. Tune in and find out. Thank you all again for listening to Nerd Forensics. Sorry that one got a little bit off the rails, but it was it was kind of just a disjointed episode. We were kind of just more having a general discussion. It was fun. And I'm it glad. Was fun. I'm really glad. I hope you all had fun listening. And again, today I was joined by... I'm Jake Urban. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at CactusJake505. And I'm Sophia. Uh, you can find me at Breaking Math uh, Pod um, is our, my podcast show. My podcast name is Breaking Math, and I am at uh, SciPod uh, Sophia. That's Sophia with an F and size and science. All right. And I would love to thank my guest again tonight. Hopefully I'll have them on a lot. They are my two favorite guests to have. I also wanted to let you all know that I am on Patreon at patreon.com slash nerdforensics. I'm also on Twitter at camppodmillie with a K, you know, as in the tragically ludicrous, the ludicrously tragic. And you can also send me an email at nerdforensics at gmail.com with any questions, comments, suggestions. If you have an idea for an episode, I might do it and I'll give you a shout out. Thank you all, and I hope you have a great evening.